2022, we are reading from the big book of AA, pages 67 through page 68. Rachel will be our reader, followed by a 20 minute share by Nancy P. So Rachel, you can begin the reading. You may need to unmute Rachel. Whoops, hi everyone. Hey. Um, Rachel W, um, compulsive overeater, living in recovery in Western North Carolina. Um, notice the word fear is bracketed alongside the difficulties with Mr. Brown, Mrs. Jones, the employer and the wife. This short word somehow touches about every aspect of our lives. It was an evil and corroding thread. The fabric of our existence was shot through with it. It set in motion trains of circumstances which brought us misfortune we felt we didn't deserve. But did not we ourselves set the ball rolling? Sometimes we think fear ought to be classed with ceiling. It seems to cause more trouble. We reviewed our fears thoroughly. We put them on paper, even though they had no resentment in connection with them. We asked ourselves why we had them. Isn't it because self-reliance failed us? Self-reliance was good as far as it went, but it didn't go far enough. Some of us once had great self-confidence, but it didn't fully solve the fear problem or any other. When it made us cocky, it was worse. Perhaps there is a better way. We think so. For now, we are on a different basis, the basis of trusting and relying upon God. We trust infinite God rather than our finite selves. We are in the world to play the role he assigns, just to the extent we do as we think he would have us and humbly rely on him, does he enable us to match calamity with serenity. We never apologize to anyone for depending upon our creator. We can laugh at those who think spirituality the way of weakness. Paradoxically, it is the way of strength. The verdict of the ages is that faith means courage. All men of faith have courage. They trust their God. We never apologize for God. Instead, we let him demonstrate through us what he can do. We ask him to remove our fear and direct our attention towards what he would have us be. At once, we commence to outgrow fear. Is it me now? Do I just jump in or do I get an introduction? Drum roll. Um, <clears throat> hi, everybody. Nancy P. Recovered in West Newton, Massachusetts. Gratefully recovered. Um, I mostly want to talk about the fear, but I will say that um, in January, I passed 51 years in this program, four of which have been in recovery. Um, and the rest of it was not in recovery. I no longer believe in relapse. I believe that once you um, read the book or once you go to the meeting or once you sort of, you know, get this stuff into your veins, you're on the road of happy destiny. You're either moving forward or you're not. And, um, you know, I say this for, to people, I want anybody who's in, who thinks they're in relapse or they can decide whatever they want. But for me, you know, I, I, for anyone who's having trouble with food and can't put the food down, I want you to know that um, it, it's there for the taking. Everybody who is recovered on this line is trying to give it away hand over fist as fast as they can. And because that's the only way that, that they can keep it. At least that's my experience with recovered people. And um, I would say that um, 
<clears throat> you know, my well-being depends on working with other people. It says in the, um, the first sentence of the seventh chapter, practical experience shows that nothing so much ensures immunity from drinking as intensive work with other alcoholics. That's the truest sentence in the book and my second most favorite sentence in the book. And my first most favorite sentence in the book is the last sentence of the first letter from the doctor saying, you may rely absolutely on anything they say about themselves. And the reason I love that is because today my word is good. I mean what I say, I say what I mean, and I do my very best to keep my word. I'm not perfect, but I don't ever say something knowing that I'm not going to do it or thinking that I will and then ending up not doing it. I give it my best shot. So, um, and the last thing that I'll say in terms of, you know, myself is I'm not special. I've, all my friends, I tell all my friends that I am, but I know that I'm not. And I can say to anybody that's having trouble with food, if it can happen for me, it can happen for you. And um, I say this to sponsees all the time. The punchline is you're not special because if one of us was gonna be, it would definitely be me. And if I'm not special, nobody's special. So anybody that wants to get this program, that wants to live a life beyond, beyond, beyond their wildest dreams, just, you know, do what my own sponsor told me to do. STFU, keep your head down and get to work. So, okay, now about fear. Um, you know, when I, re when I read my fourth step inventory, there was a lot of stuff in it that was really painful. It wasn't exceptionally long. I mean, I will say that I went through the big book step study process once before with a perfectly adequate sponsor. In fact, very bright woman. She had a PhD, super knew the book really well. And um, I had known her for years and I trusted her. And um, when I wrote my fourth step, I did it for one hour, six nights a week for three years, and it was 550 pages, and it didn't take, and I ate for 13 more years, you know? I, I, I was picking up and, you know, constantly or binging or whatever, and I wrote that thing for three years from um, 10 to 11 at night, and if I had a question, I didn't think anything about calling her up at 11 o'clock at night or quarter to 11 saying, what about this? You know, and um, and she would say, as usual, let's bring God into it. That didn't really work that well for me because I'm extremely agnostic, bordering on atheist. And um, I think the only reason I'm not an atheist is because I might be wrong. And at the end, I don't want to say, uh oh, you know, so and she would say, you know, let's bring God into it. And then we talk and then she'd say, did you get the help that you need? And I'd say, Yes, and I'd hang up the phone without even saying goodbye. I mean, that was like my idea of being like, you know, just just someone who did that sort of things, kind of cool, you know, like I don't need to be polite. Um, and when I when I did my fourth step with my new sponsor, <clears throat> the sponsor where it worked, we were, you know, chugging along, doing the steps, you know, doing the steps and you know, and we're in the third step approaching the fourth step and I'm in my bedroom on the second floor of our house and we live in a Victorian so our doors are solid wood like can't hear through the door and I'm whispering to her saying, I don't think this is going to work for me. And she said, why not? And I said, because I'm not sure I believe in God. And she said, don't worry about it. You haven't had a spiritual awakening. And, um, you know, that was like something deep inside me unclenched because, you know, privately I thought, okay, she's the crazy one, but I'm going to do what she says because I haven't picked up food. And, you know, I, I wrote my fourth step in the manner that she told me. And she, so we're, you know, 
we're approaching the fourth step, you know, and, and then one night she said, all right, you know, I could see that she was like looking at her calendar and looking at her watch or whatever. She said, all right, we're going to knock off for tonight. And the next time we speak will be two weeks from tomorrow. And then you will read your fifth step. Now I wouldn't say peep to her, you know, but I thought, wait a minute, what about the three years? What about this one hour a night, six nights a week? What about, what about, what about all this other stuff? But she said two weeks and it was going to be two weeks. And I got to the same point in two weeks, six pages, three resentments a page. So 18 resentments, exactly the same point to the word in three weeks that I did in three, in two weeks that I did in three years. And, you know, I read my fourth step, which had a lot of stuff about, you know, I mean, just pain, you know, that's where you write your pain down. That's where I wrote my pain down. And um, a lot of that was, had to do with my, um, my daughter who was engaging in self-harm, which was, Oh, it was just so painful. I just don't even know what to say about it. It still brings, you know, a catch to my voice and a tear to my eye, how, how unrelentingly painful that was. And, you know, so I'm like, you know, shed a few tears and I was like, oh, okay, you know, I'm done. And she said, do you notice anything, any patterns? And I said, no. And she said, well, I do. She said, everything that you're afraid of either already happened or hasn't happened yet. And the stuff that happened in the past is done. And the stuff that happened in the future, the only one who knows what's going to happen is God. Do you think you're God? There was a slight pause, but I confess, no, still crying. And she said, that's right. Because this is where we begin, you know, this is where we begin to rely on God. Well, you know, like I never said, would never say anything to her, but I still was at the same place. Like, I'm not sure this is going to work for me because I'm not sure I believe in God. And, um, you know, personally, I think that, um, you know, not to talk about resentments, but it does say that resentments are the number one offender, but, and that we were driven by a hundred forms of fear, I'm sort of cross-pollinating here. But I, I kind of disagree with that. My own experience is that I have a finite number of fears. What am I afraid of? I'm afraid of not getting what I want, not getting what I need, someone taking something away from me that I already have, other people's opinions and, um, um, I don't know, spiders, not spiders, but you know, I don't know, roller coasters or something like that, a few idiosyncratic ones. You know, I go in the, in the, in the mornings, I go for walks and in the summer, I see about my 9 million bunny rabbits in my, in my yard, in my neighborhood. And they're all feasting on the gardens and they're afraid of four things. They're afraid of cars, predators, pesticides, and people. I'm not afraid of any of those things because I don't eat vegetables without washing them. I don't eat, you know, other people's gardens. I step out of the way when there's cars coming and I don't, I'm not afraid of dogs. I'm afraid of people things. I'm afraid of what I said, not getting what I need, not getting what I want, someone taking something away from me, other people's opinions and, you know, a few other things. But for the most part, my fears drive or are illustrated or are categorized by an infinite number of resentments. I mean, when I wrote that book, that 550 page book, there were 1100 distinct resentments, 1100 of them, two per page. And, um, you know, they all boil down to this half a dozen or so fears or six or seven or whatever they are, you know, a few fears. So to me, you know, my fears are what drives me, but they, they mask themselves as resentments. They put on, you know, 
a resentment is, in my opinion, a fear all dressed up to go to the prom. When you take off the, the, um, you know, the dress and the hair and the shoes and the makeup of a resentment, what you have is an ugly, twisted, virulent, toxic, rotting fear. That's what they are, all those things. And I felt as though I was never going to get over that. I just thought I was never going to get over it. And part of my problem in Overeaters Anonymous for all those years was that I thought that to, in order to live a spiritual life, I had to be a, um, you know, uh, um, you know, a, a, a writhing on the floor, speaking in tongues, frothing at the mouth, wild-eyed zealot, like for some from some tent revival somewhere. And that's not what it turned out to be, right? Contempt prior to investigation. And I would say that, you know, it says in, in there is a solution, you know, religious, not religious, of faith, not of faith. There's no friction among us over such matters. The point is that we have to get to the point of surrender. And here it says in the book, it says, we trust infinite God rather than our finite selves. We're in the world to play the role he assigns just to the extent that we do as we think he would have us and humbly rely on him. Does he enable us to match calamity with serenity? I mean, to me, you know, my main um, goal is to surrender. And, um, <clears throat> and that's what it says. As, as much as I surrender is how much I'm going to be able to um, meet calamity with serenity. And I 100% agree that everything that frightens me in my life is, I would say, I mean, I 100% agree with it, but it's 99% my own making because I have had some bad shit happen, excuse my language. And I have been able to not eat so much as an extra grain of rice. You know, my daughter, I love her and she's, thank goodness, you know, she's in college, she's, you know, fine. You know, everything is going well, but you know, that summer um, of 2018, I was recovered and I was howling, howling with fear and pain and rage that I couldn't fix that. And I didn't take one extra bite, not one, not one. Yet I had binged my brains out uncontrollably because I dinged my manicure. And the worst case is going to be that I have one seven days later. You know, there's no, all roads lead to the refrigerator. All pain leads to the refrigerator. And when it says here, you know, to, if I surrender, you know, I don't care what it is that I surrender to. I don't really have a thing that I surrender to. I have a conception of a power greater than myself that works for me. I choose to call, not to call it God specifically because I don't like that word. But the answer to me is surrender, 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 always to surrender, to disengage from the point of intersection between the allergy, the body, and the obsession of the mind. I, won't, I don't want those things to be connected because when they are, that's like a closed circuit and it's very electrifying. I don't want that. I want it to be disengaged. I want to be able to know that my food is in the rearview mirror. I don't ever have questions about it. If I have a question, you know, I mean, I really don't, but if I, you know, there was a time, point in, of time in my life where I thought, you know, I could eat a particular food and, you know, I, I didn't do it and I didn't do it and I didn't do it. And then one of my sponsees said, do you think I could eat this? this thing, if it says it's sugar-free? And I said, no. And I wrote her a, a list of what would happen if she did. If, or I said, you know, what if I wanted to eat this thing that I wanted to eat? And, and I said, this is what would happen. Like in about 10 minutes, I'd be off and running. 
You know, I would somehow twist my mind into a pretzel and I would be off and running. And, you know, and then I would be back being afraid that 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 the only way that I was going to get better was to live a life that I couldn't see myself living, one of of unjoyful um, adherence to some religious mantra that I thought was what the answer was. But what I now know the answer is, is to get this conception, whatever it is that everybody thinks. And, you know, that's not what, why we're here. That's not why I'm speaking today about fear, but anybody that wants to call me, my information's in the chat. You know, once I got that, that concept, the question was, what do you want God to be? And what do you want God to do for you? That's what my sponsor said to me. Once I defined that, you know, I could go on. That was step two. And then in step four, when, you know, when I was writing my fourth step, when she was prepping me, you know, like teaching me what I needed to know to write my fourth step to, or to, to organize my thinking. That's all that it is, is a list to organize my thinking. Like, I'm not afraid of my grocery list. I'm not afraid of my, of my to-do list. I either get it done or I don't get it done. I'm not afraid of lists. This is a list just to organize my thinking. And once I wrote that down, then that's all that the fourth step is. And when I read my fifth step, you know, then, you know, then, you know, we, we continue, all it was was that we continued on. Um, and it says here, um, you know, we ask him to remove our fear and direct our attention to what he would have us be. At once we commence to outgrow fear. Um, and that has been for the rest of my life, but there's a qualifier there. None of this stuff, except when I wrote my, did the actual writing and said the fifth step, everything, nothing happened in real time. Like the actual writing is just a pen and a piece of paper. I wrote my fourth step. I wrote down my resentments, my fear and my sex inventory. And, um, and I read it to my sponsor and, um, and I continued with the process. I have more in front of me at the fourth step than I do behind me. I have five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, and 12 in front of me. This is barely the beginning. Four through nine is the skill set that I needed. And the fourth step is the very beginning of that skill set. It is not the end. People treat, you know, myself included, the fourth step like it's a baby that has to be birthed. Well, I've had two babies and it's nothing like that. And, um, you know, I organized my thinking and I waited for the rest of the tools for the rest of this skill set, five, six, seven, eight, and nine, to do their work, to, to get that done and for them to settle in and do their work. It was like medicine, like a, like a, um, um, you know, a, um, a cycle of medicine that I have to take. You can't, you know, if you have to take three pills a day for 10 days, you can't get the benefit of the 10th day on the first day. So this is the first part of the skill set that I'm learning. I do this. I learn this, I'm starting to learn the skill set. And, and guess what? Nobody died, especially not me. Um, so, you know, there's a lot, you know, I could, this stuff is so intertwined and, um, you know, I don't apologize for anything. I live in a state of serenity because today, um, you know, I know that when I'm afraid, the answer is only surrender. It's only surrender. That's all that it is. Every bit of it, only surrender. And if if I don't feel good, more surrender. And and if you know if I don't feel better, more surrender. And the one thing that I do all the time, especially especially when I'm afraid. I mean, it says you know one of my not my new favorites, but one of my current favorites in the book is on page fifteen. Two things. 
um, when in Bill's story, it says, this sometimes nearly, he's talking about how he's mad that he can't get a job. This sometimes nearly drove me back to drink, but I, but I soon found that when all other measures failed, work with another alcoholic would save the day. My opinion is that even before all else fails, I work with other compulsive overeaters. And then the second thing is the joy of living we really have even under pressure and difficulty. I think especially under pressure and difficulty. I mean, when my daughter was hacking herself up with a razor blade and burning herself to a crisp, I was, in such pain, I wouldn't wish it on my very worst enemy, my worst, worst enemy. Yet at the same time, I was never at my most joyful because I knew exactly what it felt like to be eating during that, during that you know, period of my life. That's when I finally put down the food. And um, so today, you know, I feel like, um, you know, my, this fear thing, Oops, I'm on the wrong page here. We agnostics, my favorite chapter. Sorry. What I say, what I think about fear is that, you know, we let him demonstrate through us what he can do. My concept of a power greater than myself is always right in the front of my brain. And anything else that wants to get there has to coexist with that, that connection that I have. It's never elsewhere in my brain. It's always right in front of my, right in the front of my thinking, always like a tune that I can't get out of my head, but a pleasant one. And I would say, um, I think I, I'm almost done. I would say one last thing though, that um, courage is not the absence of fear, it's action in spite of it. So anybody that thinks that they can't do this, you know, I, I beg you, you know, I, I tell you that it can work, it will work. I couldn't have written a screenplay with all of the special effects of Disney I couldn't have written one that begins to illustrate the quality of my life today. I do get angry every single day. I do get, you know, stuff happens. I mean, stuff happens. My, you know, a couple of weeks ago, my poor daughter, we were going out delivering Valentine's cookies that I baked and um, it was slippery like ski, ski snow, except we weren't on skis, we were in a car. And my, she turned a corner at a very, you know, perfectly, it would have happened to anybody. And she skidded and hit the, hit the curb just with the tire, $4,600 worth of damage, just like that, you know? I mean, and I didn't say anything. I didn't care, I, you know, like all that stuff happens. Um, you know, stuff happens. You know, I am not immune to feelings, but today my feelings don't own me. They don't dictate what I do and say. They don't. Um, and, you know, today fear doesn't rule my life. And I, I made my list. And, you know, it says in the book afterward, we began to see that we could do more, you know, that had previously seemed impossible. Afterward to me means after step 11. Once I do, you know, all these skill steps, four, five, six, seven, eight, and nine, then I don't really live in 10, 11, and 12. I try to do all the steps or be aware of all the steps every day. But I can say today that, you know, I'm on, I, my roots have grasped new soil. They used to be planted in fear, you know, and today they're not. Today, my roots are planted in this immovable faith that this this thing that I have, I call it my buddy, you know, that I'm going to be safe. I'm going to be okay, no matter what. And I still, I don't, can't say suffer, but I acknowledge fear in the form everywhere from its most mild, which would be, you know, I forgot to mail a 
a bill or a check or something to like, you know, my son is in Lebanon right now and um, for an exchange. And I keep thinking, you know, oh my God, don't eat any poppy seed bagels. They'll throw you in a dungeon for, you know, 20 years of hard labor. If they catch you with a poppy seed, they'll think you're importing opium or something, you know, like I get afraid of, about that, you know, bombings happen and stuff, you know, but I, I'm free, you know, I, my life, my fear doesn't own me anymore the way that it used to. And um, yeah, I think that's all I have to say. Thank you so much, Nancy. Appreciate everything that you shared. You illustrated the pages on fear so beautifully.